Good morning. You're listening to Subject ACT for Canberra's Local Current Affairs. It's Monday the 14th of December. I'm Becca Posterino. Every week a woman dies at the hands of a current or former partner. One woman in three has experienced physical violence since the age of 15. More than half the women who experienced domestic violence had children in their care when the violence occurred, according to Our Watch. Today we look at the crisis of domestic and family violence in Canberra and more broadly Australia. Alarming statistics reveal a concerted effort from government and community services is needed to address this serious issue. Domestic violence includes, but is not exclusively, physical violence. Psychological, emotional and economic withholding are some of the many forms of domestic and family violence. I met with ACT Minister for Women Yvette Berry to discuss current gaps in the preventative approach to the issue. Canberra's Young Woman of the Year, writer, feminist and advocacy worker for YWCA, Zoya Patel, Canberra's Woman of the Year, Robin Martin, who is a manager for Women's Refuge, Beryl Women Inc. It's lovely to have your company. You're listening to Subject ACT 98.3 FM, 2XX. This morning we're talking to Yvette Berry, the Minister for Women, ACT. Welcome, Yvette. Good. Hi, how are you going? <laughs> Good, thanks. Right. We're talking about domestic violence. Mm. So what is the ACT government doing to promote cultural change towards domestic violence? Well, I think the ACT government can do, you know, make some changes to policy and how we, how we uh, fund in education and health and um, support services here in the ACT, but uh, the community also has a really big responsibility in how it responds to domestic and family violence. When, uh, you know, we've had three deaths in the ACT very close together, and I think that gave the community a really great chance to be able to educate themselves about the different support services that were available, but also to understand the complexity that is domestic and family violence. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, um, the community's really been able to take a lead and mm-hmm. um, actually start taking responsibility themselves. So mm. neighbours and schools and friends have been talking to each other about mm. what it means and what is acceptable behaviour mm. in a relationship. Mm. So what are the gaps in community services for victims of domestic violence and how are you planning to educate victims themselves that community services are there to help break the cycle of domestic violence? Well, we've just um, about to complete a gap analysis on services that are available for women and children. And uh, once we've got that um, analysis completed, we'll be able to properly address uh, where the gaps are uh, for women and families. Um, we're also looking at, um, through the Attorney General, uh, the death review, mm-hmm. which is about looking at um, the different deaths in the ACT and how how what service sort of service systems they were connected up to and how we were how we supported those people did we know about them was there any way that we could have um, provided extra support for those people um, so I think the sector's probably identified a few gaps in the translating and interpreting services space uh, particularly now that more um, women from non-english speaking backgrounds mm. are are coming forward yeah. and and uh, we also need to provide services for them in a way that they can understand it. Also for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mm-hmm. people, making sure that it's culturally sensitive as well. Mm. So um, I guess those are the couple of things that are coming out of the gap analysis. But once we've got 
that completed mm -hmm. uh, by the Office of Women will be able to properly go to that next mm -hmm. stage in how we properly uh, look at different ways that we address this. I think the important thing also for us to all recognise is that this problem is not a new problem. Mm. It's been happening for a long time and so it's not going to mm. be something that we can resolve over overnight. Uh, but I think there is definitely uh, a will for from all of the state and federal governments mm -hmm. to look at properly funding this mm -hmm. as a as an issue and also the community is certainly want to do something about it as well so when we have the community and the government working together yeah. uh, we're certainly making a good start mm -hmm. so how would an ACT domestic violence minister help to reform if there were a domestic violence minister how would they help to reform the current government response to domestic violence well I think what I learned when I was um, appointed as um, a minister for women was that it's it's not that we're not do, we're not doing anything right. Mm. So it's that everybody's doing really great stuff. We mm. don't need to come up with something new. Mm. It's just that making sure the funding is going at the right place mm. at the right time. Mm -hmm. So that's I guess where the government needs to look at how behaviour changes mm. within our community uh, and make sure that the funding goes in that in that direction. Mm. Uh, and that's what the um, support services have told me. It's not that it's not that um, we need to come up with a new idea. Mm. It's just making sure the funding is going to the right places. So it's funding allocation as opposed to well, it's to funding it. allocation as well as um, as well as um, addressing the right support services mm -hmm. at the right time mm -hmm. and making sure that people who have experienced um, family or domestic violence are supported all the way through their journey mm. uh, from the start. Mm -hmm. to the end and mm -hmm. then we hopefully change change the behavior of mm -hmm. um young people so that they understand what a respectful relationship and then in a generation's time mm -hmm. you know we might start seeing this turn around mm -hmm. yeah. let's hope yeah. <laughs> why is domestic violence such an issue in canberra and more broadly australia what needs to change at the heart of it it's understanding understanding what domestic and um family violence mm -hmm. is that's the first part of it. Mm -hmm. It is complex. It is more than just physical violence. Mm. And so there's a big education mm. and awareness that needs to happen within our community to start with and then providing the supports for people to change their behaviour uh, that uh, we need to, to, we really properly need to address um, the fact that the most people that are affected by domestic and family violence are women. Mm. Uh, we need to, you know, be pretty honest with ourselves mm. about that, that equality mm. is still an issue in mm. our community and it's something that we still need to, as a community, address. And mm. that's not something always that government policy can resolve on its mm. own. So those things, working together mm. with government, with the community, mm -hmm. that will be the way that we'll be able to start turning mm domestic violence around and uh, that young people can grow up in relationships that aren't violent. Mm. So could you explain what the introduction of a national domestic violence order scheme means uh, for victims and perpetrators of domestic violence? In simple terms, it's about states and territories and the federal government working together and communicating better with yeah. each other. So aligning. That, mm. Aligning every... Mm. So that when you move states and territories... Um, your experiences with mm. the um, justice system kind of move with Flow you, with you. Mm -hmm. so yep. that you don't have to keep going and applying again for an yep. AVO or a DVO. It all goes yep. with you. And yep. um, 
that's um, been one of the big gaps that was recognised mm. at the start when people were moving moving away to get to um, try and get themselves in a safe mm. place that the um, states and territories weren't lining up with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How does the ACT government plan to provide early intervention services for families? So uh, we've started already with the um, social and emotional learning education, which is the 615000 that will go to um, education and talking with children and young people mm-hmm. from a very young age about um, education, about what what is a respectful relationship and how we how they identify whether or not their family is um, experiencing domestic mm-hmm. or family violence. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one of the things that... Um, that's probably one of the most important things that we'll see the change in the future of how people ex- how people understand domestic and family violence is um, how our children understand what a respectful mm. relationship mm. is, you know, uh, how we treat women in our community, mm. how we treat young people in our community... Mm. Those sorts of things are going to be the thing that really makes a change. Mm. So is this an important issue to you on your agenda as a Minister for Women? Well, I think it should be on the agenda for everybody if we want to be having a um, community that's safe for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we want to um, make sure that you know kids get to grow up and feel safe. They mm. shouldn't have this. Shouldn't be. Nobody wants this mm. to happen. Mm. Anybody who's ever experienced um, domestic or family violence, all they want is for it to stop. Mm. Uh, wouldn't it be great if it didn't start mm. in the first place? Yeah. Yvette, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. No problems. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. This morning we're talking to manager of Beryl Women Inc. and Canberra Woman of the Year, Robin Martin. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Just how much of a crisis are we in in Canberra regarding domestic violence? I think uh, Canberra's in in crisis. Certainly Beryl feels like it's in crisis with the demand of service, uh, the demand whether that's providing support to women who are not residing in the refuge as well as women who are residing in the refuge but also women who are looking for support as a result of all the media coverage that's happened particularly this year, Mm -hmm. you know, with Rosie Batty being named Australian of the Year and the media around all of that that's mm-hmm. ha- and, and the deaths that have happened this year yes. as well. So and the, these are the reported deaths. That's right, that we know of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, demand has been high. We have not been able to meet that demand as a service provider. I'm, I'm sure if you spoke to the Domestic Violence Crisis Service that they would, well, I know that their, the demand for their service has increased as well. Mm. What does Beryl Women Inc. provide as a service? We, we've we been around since 1975, so this year we celebrated our 40th birthday. We were uh, the second oldest women's refuge in Australia, but with the funding reforms that happened in New South Wales last year, the oldest women's refuge, which was Elsie's, closed as mm. a result of those reforms. So These are funding cuts? These are funding cuts mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the tendering process that they initiated. And how long so, had that service been around for? Well, that service was older than Beryl, so that just over forty years, mm-hmm. I think. So that now leaves us leaves Beryl as the oldest mm-hmm. uh, women's refuge in mm-hmm. the in in Australia. Mm-hmm. So we provide uh, supported accommodation to women and children escaping DV. Mm-hmm. We're a specialist domestic violence service, and you know we we work within a strength based therapeutic 
framework, trauma-informed, uh, because every woman and every child that's accessing our service is experiencing trauma on some level mm-hmm. as a result of the domestic violence that they've experienced. Mm. What is at the core of this issue? Why is this happening? Why is this crisis? I think it's happening because men can get away with it. Mm. Uh, ultimately, it's, uh, you know, statistically, it's men that are using violence against women. Mm-hmm. But I think about it often because I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Men use violence in the home because they can mm. and they and they do get away with it. Mm. You don't hear of men using violence within their workplaces. Mm. They have the ability to not do that. They mm. certainly wouldn't physically assault or physically abuse a female worker that mm. they're working with, a colleague. Mm. So from my perspective, I, I think it's about choice. Mm. I think that's what it comes down to mm. because they have this perception that they can control the environment within mm. the home, mm. you know, the, the, the women that they're um, living with, married to or partnered with, and children. They do control, they, they verbally abuse, they physically abuse, and most cases they get away with it. Is it the concealed environment of the home? It's almost as if it's a sanctuary or a... It's a sanctuary, mm. it's, it's private it's, um, it's behind closed it's doors. It's behind closed doors, mm. and most people don't. You know, if you if uh, if you spoke to to a male's colleagues or friends, family, they would be disbelieving mm. if uh, the woman you know were to speak out and say, "This is what he's doing to me at home. This is what he's doing to our children." Mm. She would not be believed mm. because that's not how he is perceived mm. outside of the home. So where is this attitude and behaviour emanating from? You know, I think it's been part of the Australian culture. Mm. Is it specific um, to Australia? or I'm, I'm I, I, I Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at this country's history, it was, you know, from colonisation, it, mm-hmm. was, it was colonised with violence. Mm-hmm. So personally, that's my yeah. personal opinion. I think that it's a culture that's just been accepted. Mm. Um, it's enculturated. Yes, whether that's, you know, the physical violence of domestic violence or whether that's around discrimination and mm-hmm. racism. Mm-hmm. It's a culture that lives yep. within, the, with, within Australia. And, and yes, there's been a lot of media and, and lots of campaigns that are happening around domestic and family violence, but it's still happening. Mm. And, and it's, it's increasing. Women are, you know, with the, with the current media cover, coverage that we've had over the last... Um, two or three years, particularly with some high-profile deaths that have happened in, in across the country, and certainly with Rosie Batty's being Australian of the Year this year, you know, women are becoming more more aware, more empowered, mm-hmm. and are, are seeking support. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I've noticed over the last 12 months, when I talk to women or when we talk to women at the, at the refuge, if they're not being physically assaulted, they don't see the other. They don't identify the mm. other types of violence that's happening in the home. You're talking about psychological abuse, psychological, emotional, emotional verbal, financial. Mm-hmm. It's you know when you have those conversations and you challenge women around their thinking, it's like a light's gone on, mm. a light bulb's lit up, yeah. and they're able to acknowledge yes that that it has been happening to me, mm. and it's been happening for a long time. But they haven't 
connected the dots. Mm. So, and because there's been a lot of awareness around mm. verbal abuse and mm-hmm. financial abuse and mm-hmm. emotional, women are, are you know starting to question their own situations. Robin, thank you so much for sharing such a complex issue with us. Thanks for your time, Robin, you. and I look forward to chatting to you about this. Thank okay. you. Thank you.
You're listening to Subject ACT 2XXFM 98.3. My name is Becca Posterino. That was Suzanne Vega's 1987 classic Luca. Before that, we heard the interview with Yvette Berry, Minister for Women ACT, and manager for Beryl Women Inc., Robin Martin. Stay with us now for our interview with Young Woman of the Year, Zoya Patel. Thanks for your company. Today we're talking to a very inspiring young woman, Zoya Patel. She is the Young Woman of the Year, Canberra. Welcome, Zoya. Thanks for having me, Becca. You are Canberra's Young Woman of the Year 2015. Can you explain your role at YWCA? Yeah, so I'm, I'm part of the communications team at YWCA Canberra, which is a feminist not-for-profit organisation. Um, and my current role is as corporate relations and advocacy manager. So it's actually really great because I get to use my writing skills and my kind of comms background to be able to participate in advocacy on kind of a local and a national level and, and actually contribute to gender equality in a bit of a more tangible sense, certainly for the Canberra community. So how important is community support in tackling an issue like domestic violence? I think it's incredibly important. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but Our Watch um, recently released a framework on the prevention of violence. So it's Mm -hmm. the first ever uh, framework for primary prevention. Mm -hmm. And one of the key things it highlights is the need for that whole of community approach. Mm. So it's about you know tackling the issue in, in schools, in communities, in households, and as a society kind of as a whole, and acknowledging that it is everyone's problem. Mm. And I think community organizations like the Y play a really important role because we see the impacts of domestic violence and violence against women at the front line through our housing support work that we do. Mm. And then we also see at the advocacy level, some of the key issues that need to be addressed to be able to actually end the violence against women epidemic that we're seeing at the moment. Mm. So we have that ability to say, well, here is the evidence and here are the real life experiences that we mm. witness. And these are the things that we think you know, tangibly need to be addressed mm. to be able to change the situation. And I think a really great thing about the Canberra community sector environment and certainly around violence against women is there's a lot of collaboration and also to pay respect to the 78 women who've lost their lives as a result of violence in Australia. Mm. Um, so there's lots of information about that on was our that website. this year? 78 women this year? 78 this year, which is frighteningly close to uh, what happened last year. Um, and I think uh, what it really demonstrates is that the issue isn't going anywhere. And in fact, all the heightened awareness is fantastic. Um, But part of the problem is that the more awareness raising we do, the greater pressure that places on frontline services who get an increase in calls. And if we're not increasing the funding that we're providing to Mm. those services, what are we doing for the women who are actually Mm. suffering domestic violence in the home? Mm. Now, what is at the heart of the domestic violence issue? What do we need to do to actually work out of this crisis? I think it's really well understood now that the root cause of violence against women is gender equality. So we know that, you know, one in three women are likely to experience violence in their lifetime. And it's a range of different issues that impact, you know, through gender equality that eventually lead to violence against women. But largely it's a gender inequitable attitude and also the pressure on men to be dominant and maintain control in their relationships. Mm. And I actually think that you know, we actually know a lot of the key things in terms of policy and, and funding changes that need to occur to support victims of domestic violence. But if we actually want to prevent violence, then we need to look at primary prevention mm. um, and effective respectful relationships education for young people. Mm. Because there's some really troubling um, reports that came out this year about young people's attitudes towards violence. And I think it was one in four uh, young people in a Our Watch report 
said that they didn't think there was anything wrong with a young man uh, when he was drunk, occasionally slapping a girlfriend during an argument, you know, if things got out of hand. So that kind of attitude, you know, is at one end of the spectrum, but you can see how that leads into the types of attitudes that result Mm. in domestic violence. And primary prevention is so important to address Mm. that. Do you think these attitudes are cultivated in the home or do you think broader society also kind of echoes or reflects those values that are emulated in the home? I think that's such a chicken and egg question because, I mean, anything that gets enacted in the home can only occur out of the the norms and the attitudes that have been entrenched in an individual throughout their entire life. So I think there's lots of different places at which we can kind of point the finger anything you know we can talk about the media we can also talk about our culture generally we can talk about the lack of women in leadership positions and the lack of role models that we see for young men who might be you know at risk of perpetrating violence there's all these different aspects that we need to address but critically we need to be working with children as young as nine years of uh of age to be able to make those changes now so that future generations don't have the same problems Mm. Some of the insights that you've gathered from your position, your advocacy position at YWCA, from the women themselves, what are some of your significant insights? I think something that we're actually making quite public at the moment are that there are kind of five key areas that need to be addressed and that need to be addressed both at the federal and local level to really see a change. So first of all, obviously, primary prevention. So the implementation of consistent best practice, respectful relationships, education, and actually making sure that there's something for, you know, young people as young as nine years of age all the way through to being reinforced when they reach kind of teenage years. Better resourcing for frontline services, absolutely. There's a lot of pressure placed on services like the Domestic Violence Crisis Service to be able to work with all of the numerous calls that they receive. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, you know, consistent and an increase in funding for those services. Housing is also a really big issue. So, Mm. you know, where does somebody go when they're experiencing domestic violence? How long can they access transitional housing? And most importantly, will they have access to gender aware Mm. housing services? Mm -hmm. So generic or um, mainstream housing services are fantastic, but they can't address the complex needs. You know, a woman and her children potentially fleeing domestic violence. So Mm. better resourcing for gender aware housing services. Gender aware housing. So do you mean to protect the women and children from victimisation? So, for example, the women's refuges that we're partnering with, Tura, Beryl and Doris, um, would all be gender-responsive and gender-aware housing services. Mm -hmm. And it's about having a service where staff are adequately equipped and trained to be able to respond to the very complex needs of an individual woman escaping domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So knowing, for example, what kind of uh, housing they might require, um, whether they need to be able to provide housing for their children as well, how Mm -hmm. long can they stay in that place, Mm -hmm. whether or not their details will be you know, maintained as as private, Mm -hmm. which of course is standard practice, but Mm -hmm. knowing the fears and the anxieties that might come along with Mm -hmm. a client who's experiencing those specific needs. And there's a lot more to it. I'm certainly not an expert in housing, but it is about acknowledging that gender and gender equality play a part in this issue Mm -hmm. and that mainstream services aren't always able to adequately address the needs Mm -hmm. of those women. We've touched upon this before. Is it important to engage men in this issue and how can we best do this as a community? Of course, it's important to engage men in this issue. And when we talk about gender equality, I think it's really important to note that everyone is affected by gender equality. Men have, you know, significant pressures placed on them to adhere to really specific and stereotyped, I guess, portrayals of masculinity. And that's also just as big an issue. 
I think in terms of domestic violence and violence against women, it is about educating men and women to maintain gender equitable attitudes. And I think it is also about providing appropriate support at the secondary and tertiary interventional mm-hmm. levels for men who might be at risk of perpetrating violence and ensuring that they're supported to you know, undertake the appropriate behaviour change programs and address those issues before they become further entrenched. Mm-hmm. I think that it is really important that we have prominent and you know, high-profile men speaking out on the issue mm. and White Ribbon obviously does a good mm. job in doing that. But just as important is acknowledging that women are affected by domestic violence you know, at a much, much higher proportion than men mm. and that women should also be you know, acknowledged as leaders in ending this epidemic. Thank you so much. Oh, for, thank you, Becca. For, for your time. Really appreciate it. And you're a great inspiration to lots of young women and men, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That was Canberra's Young Woman of the Year, Zoe Patel, talking about the importance of a collaborative community and preventative response to family and domestic violence. Yvette Berry, the ACT Minister for Women who we met earlier on the program, will be a regular guest on Subject ACT. So please visit our Subject ACT Facebook page to engage in the conversation. On next week's program, I talk to a refugee and resident of Canberra and we meet Dewani Buckham, CEO of Migrant and Refugee Settlement Services, for an insight on resettlement plans for Syrian refugees in Canberra. Tomorrow on Subject ACT, Robert Goldsborough visits Sailability ACT again, and we meet local Julie Scott, who moved to Canberra from England to share her story. Thanks for your company this morning. I'm Becca Posterino for Subject ACT, 2XXFM 98.3. Coming up, Community Radio Network's All the Best and the fourth estate. Enjoy your day.